Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. We are so excited to relaunch this podcast again at the start of this new year with the homily that Father Ted gave at Mother Seton's Feast Day Mass, which happened yesterday, January 4th, 2022. You've waited a long time, and we are so excited to welcome back Father Ted. Elizabeth Ann Seton is a saint. That is the reason why we are here today. That is the reason why she has a national shrine dedicated to her. That is the reason why she's still relevant 200 years after her death, because she is a saint. Mother Seton's enduring legacy tells us about many great accomplishments of hers. For example, she founded the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph, which to this day carries out extensive ministries in the areas of health and education and outreach to the most marginalized. For establishing St. Joseph's Academy and Free School here in Emmitsburg for the education of the youth marks the advent of the American parochial school system. Attributing his conversion to her prayers, Bishop Joseph Roosevelt Bailey, her nephew, named a university that he founded after his aunt, Seton Hall. But none of these significant accomplishments of Mother Seton is the reason why she is a saint. They're all great and impressive, but other people have done likewise, and we are not celebrating them 200 years later. What does this most important quality of Mother Seton mean? What does it mean when we say that somebody is a saint? And it's a little bit hard to say with a single word. For one, it means that she was a woman who achieved the purpose that God gave her in life. She was faithful to his will at all times. She practiced virtues heroically. She loved God with her whole heart, mind, and soul, her neighbor as herself, as Jesus tells us in today's gospel. She was not afraid to sacrifice everything for the sake of Christ. She replaced sin in her life with divine grace. All of that. But maybe the way that Pope St. Paul VI describes holiness in her canonization homily is the simplest and yet most sublime definition of sanctity. The Holy Father said, being a saint means being perfect. This is what led her spiritual director, who perhaps knew Mother Seton more than anybody else on the face of the earth, to rank her with those elite souls of the church's history. According to Father Simone Gabriel Brute, her spiritual director, Mother Seton's interior life had much in common with women such as St. Teresa of Avila, St. Jane Frances de Chantal. He said it would be impossible to find greater purity and more love of God than what Mother Seton had. This holiness she attained is the ultimate goal which all people are called to achieve. And in a sense, it's the only accomplishment that matters in life. There was another holy American woman, uh, Mother Angelica. She said, it doesn't matter how many letters you can put after your name. 
PhD, JSD, MBA, MD. It only matters if at the end you can put two letters in front of your name, ST. And Mother Seton has those letters because she has accomplished the most sublime goal that any human person can aspire to. She has become a saint. But her glorious status in the choir of angels above should not make us think that she was somehow indifferent to or detached from earthly realities. She was not far removed from what normal people experience. During her life on earth, she was a very human individual. She experienced very human pains and had very human joys. Which is why she is such a relatable saint. Her experiences that took place 200 years ago could be the experiences of anybody living in America in today's day and age. As a girl, for example, she struggled with depression because of the loss of her mother and the lack of love and affection from her father and her stepmother. In fact, it was so serious that she contemplated overdosing on drugs. But later she gave praise and thanks of excessive joy for not having done the horrid deed. Later in life, as a 19-year-old, she fell in love, and she was married to William McGee Seaton, a young merchant, about whom she said, it seemed that I loved him more than I could love anyone else on earth. For a decade, they lived together in their New York home, and they had five children together. In this time, she truly lived out those virtues of the ideal wife that we heard about in the book of Proverbs in the first reading today. Her affection for her children shines forth in her letters, where she details affectionately their physical traits, such as dimples or curly hair, and she expresses how affectionate they were towards her. She describes them as these little birds that would cling to her. And as soon as she shakes one off, another one grabs hold of the other side of her. She couldn't even write a letter without one of them coming to her. But she also experienced, or endured perhaps, the trials of extended quarantine, something that all of us have uh, experienced in these days. And in fact, that extended quarantine that she went through led to the earlier demise of her husband, William Seaton, in a foreign country of Italy. And if that wasn't enough, shortly before then, they had gone bankrupt and been forced to sell their home and their possessions. But to all of this, she responded with faith, saying, Oh, my heavenly Father, I know that these contradictory events are permitted and guided by thy wisdom. They give nourishment for our eternal life, where we shall assuredly find that all things have worked together for our good. So she's also an example for, of faith. And that's something which many people here in America struggle with in this day and age. With all that confusion and darkness, we can look to Mother Seton, who herself had to make this arduous decision to join the Catholic faith, despite the social and economic consequences that that would entail. Her conversion, did in fact lead to her being ostracized by her family, her benefactors, her friends, and she was therefore excluded from the social circles that until that time she had moved in. The few students that she had in her private school in New York City trying to make a living by teaching, those few students were withdrawn right after her conversion because the parents didn't want their students, their children, being taught by a Catholic teacher. 
She wrote that her family was, quote, the laughingstock of their dinner tables at home and the talk of the neighborhood. So why would she do that? Why would Mother Seton leave the, the faith where she was raised to join the Catholic Church, the true, the true faith, as the collect put it? And one of the most important reasons was her love for the Eucharistic Lord. Once again, today, many people doubt that. There's that recent study which tragically showed that only 33% of Catholics believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. But Mother Seton so wholeheartedly embraced this that when she received her first communion, she couldn't help but exclaim, At last, at last, God is mine and I am his. I have received him. Her joyous relationship with Christ's church could have been marred by the shadow of scandal that came over St. Peter's Parish in New York City. That was the parish she was received into because the pastor was actually accused of indecent conduct and the bishop from Baltimore here had to go up there to investigate. As Mary Settle, a uh, literary critic from the South, would put it, Mother Seton knew that by becoming a Catholic, she was joining a rather untidy outfit. But she was not phased in her faith. She didn't allow the conduct of others to dissuade her from the path that Christ had set her on. Rather than put, be put off by this untidy outfit, she worked to build it up by founding the first community for women religious in the United States. So seeing all these things that she went through, the depression, the, the marital life and the family life, the economic struggles, the doubts over the faith, the imperfect church that she was a part of, that should be a source of encouragement for us who are also called to holiness. Because you know, sometimes we can think about saints, maybe the ones in these stained glass windows here, the, the martyrs, the Vincentian martyrs here, Thomas Aquinas, St. Isaac Jokes, St. Catherine of Siena, these saints that are in the windows, and it can be kind of intimidating. You know, I don't see myself as being tortured and martyred by Indians anytime soon. I'm certainly not writing any theological treatises like Thomas Aquinas around next, next week. You know, how is it possible that I, maybe some of you who are married, who have families, how can I be holy? How can I be a saint? But let's remember that Mother Seton was a wife, a mother, a widow, a foundress, and a religious. She went through all these different states of life and she lived holiness in each of them. Last year we were celebrating the 200th anniversary of her entrance into eternal life. And Baltimore's Archbishop Lori put it well when he said on that occasion, our first native-born American saint is a saint for everyone. For those who are married, for those who are bereaved, for those in consecrated life, for bishops and priests striving for holiness, for those seeking the fullness of faith, for Catholic educators and healthcare professionals, and especially for all those who are served by the ministries of education and healthcare that she inspired. It seems to me that St. Elizabeth Ann Seton is a patron to whom we can all relate. Perhaps because she was a mother, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton found it easy to have a relationship with the Mother of Christ, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She called the Blessed Virgin the first sister of charity on earth, 
And she would pray to her even before becoming a Catholic, arguing, if Mary is not heard, if her prayers are not heard, then who shall be? So today we can begin imitating St. Elizabeth Ann Seton by invoking the Mother of God. May this Heavenly Mother encourage us to invoke St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in all our needs and see her as an inspiration in whatever walk of life that God has called us to.